Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the world of Prompty Prompt. Although today is a little different to normal. We will be back for season two later in the year with all the prompts and live fun and jokes and all the rest of it that we've been having all the way through season one. But for now, we've got a little bit of a spin-off. We're having a few very prompt chats with fellow writers and prompteers around the world. First and foremost, I've got to say, Letty's not here. I know it's a sad day for us all, but she's off doing her acting and her massive book. The book seems to be going on forever. It's a wonderful piece of writing. I can't wait to see it. Uh, oh, and she's also on tour with Stan Skinny's great show, The Fish Pie Cabaret Show. It's great to see her back out there doing a comedy, especially after all these years we've had in lockdown. So what is this spin-off of Prompty Prompt? Well, it's a very prompt chat, and it is exactly just that. A prompt and a chat with a fellow prompteer. No live prompts this time. We're saving that for the main show. But uh, we have a pre-scene prompt that our guests will read out, and we're going to chat about what they do, where they get the inspiration from, all those sort of things. So without any further waffling from me, let me introduce you to our guest. I'm speaking today with Sharice Zarunian, who is an emerging writer, filmmaker and teacher from Cambridge, Massachusetts in the great US of A. Her work has appeared on various platforms, including the Armenian Weekly, NYU's Mineta Review, Amazon and on NPR. She's currently pursuing a Master of Fine Arts in Writing for Stage and Screen at Lesley University. Hello, Cherise. How are we? I'm great. How are you? Absolutely. The sun is out. It's shining. It's lovely and warm here. It's a great day. I'm, I'm top of the world. Great to have you on the pod. And we're going to hear your response to the prompt, the smell of my grandmother's laundry room. But before we do, I'd like to know, why did you choose this one? I don't know. I feel like it stuck out to me the most. And um, I, I don't really remember some of the other prompts on the list. There were so many. Like, I, I saw some that were intriguing to me, like the, the one about the crayons, the day the crayons quit and all that. But I personally have always gravitated towards stories that are realistic fiction, like things that are fantasy and stuff. Like, hey, they're cool and more power to people who write them. But me personally, I have a much harder time with stuff like that. So I thought, okay, I think I'd pick something that is more plausible. I feel like that's what a lot of my work does that I said in another interview that I did for a paper called the Armenian Weekly. And I and um, I said, I'd like to highlight the extraordinary within the ordinary. So like the little nitty gritty of like human experiences and stuff and all the complex things that go on there. And I thought that this prompt was like, huh, you know, I think this could work, especially because the smell of my grandmother's laundry room, it just sounds so nostalgic. I also like things that have to do with history a lot, that have to do with historical events. And for this one, I thought about how my grandmother's laundry room, but before she moved apartments, the old one that she lived in when I was very little, it had a laundry room. And all I remember about it was that it was always very dark, except for one window where some sunlight streamed in and the washing machines. And it was spacious, at least it seemed spacious to me because I was four years old. I was smaller, but there's, I remember I used to ride my tricycle in it, like go around and around and around. I thought of that memory and I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a huge laundry room. I've got to, <laughs> over here, we kind of like, if you've got a laundry room, you can sort of shuffle into, you thought of, that's a big laundry room. I mean, to ride a trike in it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm impressed. Yeah, it was decent, decent size, most definitely. So I was thinking about that. This is where I turned to history. Because at that time, when I was like, okay, what must have been going on when I was like four years old? And I immediately thought of Y2K because I guess I'm showing my age or lack thereof right here. Yeah, I'm yeah, that. I'm 55, but, so thanks for this. <laughs> it's um, so I thought about that, and I I just think it's interesting to take a historical event that you don't really remember super well. Like I mean, what I I don't really remember New Year's Eve of that year much at all. I mean, but I mean, I obviously had no knowledge of all the paranoia that the adults were thinking and oh my God, the, the world is going to blow up. The computers aren't going to work. Thinking that it wasn't until I got older that I learned about that. I was like, really? You guys are worried about that? Like, look what happened now. <laughs> but it's, um, it's just funny to look at something like that through adult eyes. Well, without any further ado, I'm going to ask you to read mm-hmm. your, your response to the prompt, the smell of my mm-hmm. grandmother's laundry room. Okay, and the story is called Sacred Geometry. This room is big enough to get married in, Calvin had said when he was 17 and I 16, as we sat in my grandmother's laundry room, seeking refuge from her New Year's Eve party going on upstairs. The guests were particularly excited as the new millennium was arriving. I pretended to once, I said, use my grandma's coat as a veil. He laughed and rifled through my laundry basket. He pulled out my favorite blanket, a love-worn, multicolored quilt. This looks special, he said, admiring the sacred geometry in each of its squares. Indeed it was. My great-grandmother sewed it after hearing that my mother was pregnant with me. Two months later, she was dead. That old thing? No, I giggled uncomfortably, and wrapped the quilt, big enough for two, around myself. A silent minute passed, and I could feel his gaze traveling down my body slowly and carefully, like a child learning to write. What are you doing? I asked. Taking in, he stopped and looked down shyly, the last few minutes of the century, and maybe the world. Oh, stop. I'd be fine with that. Just imagine, no more school, work, love regrets. People who jump off bridges and survive say they regretted it the minute they hit the water. Well, personally, I'd welcome it. Could you welcome anything? Don't know. In spite of myself, I felt my fingers crawling out from under the blanket. When they met his, I yanked my hand back as if I touched a hot stove. We braced ourselves, alone, with nothing but each other the anxious rumbling of the washer, and the dryer emitting pheromones of lilac and cotton into the dark. Yay! Thank you! I love it. absolutely love it. Thank you. There's, there's moments throughout. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of things like that, like a child learning to write, as if a yeah. touch to hot stone. Those moments which make that emotion or that action so real to people that you just... Oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. I capture that all the time. Sacred yeah. geometry has stuck with me since I read this because I know yeah, what that I know what that that blanket looks like because it's sacred and it's it has that geometry. Absolutely. Yeah, stunning. it was. And that was inspired by a real quilt that I have. And the thing about the great grandmother, that's a real thing in my life. So what, what happened was when my mother was pregnant with me, my great grandmother, I think 
she must have known she was dying, which is probably why she was in such a hurry to make the quilts. And she handed it to my mother and said, um, I don't know how many, how long it took her to make this thing. It, it, the geometry truly is sacred. Like each little square has this intricate design and everything. It's, it's all knitted. It's not like sewn or everything. It's, it must've taken her maybe a couple months. And she went to my mom and said, here, this is for your baby. And, but, but she died before my mom gave birth to me. So I slept with that blanket for, I don't know how many years now. It's like, I can't even sleep with it anymore because it's was falling apart and everything, but I still have it. It's on a couch in my room, my parents' house, but it's still, so I thought of that story. I thought the blanket was perfect because it showed, first of all, it's a huge thing. It's big enough for two, but she won't welcome this guy, even though there's that tension, she wraps it around herself and like, he, she won't admit that the blanket is special to her and that it has meaning. And that's a good, I guess, symbol for how she won't admit that she likes this guy. So I just thought it was a great device. And I thought it, of- it certainly is. Certainly is. And I love the, you know, two months later, she was dead. I always have loved that sort of moment in people's work where there's a little punch that just no, got you with that one. Moving on, because you don't, okay, when's the next one coming? I don't know what's coming next. Got to ask you, because you're doing the, the Master of Fine Arts in writing a stage and screen. Do you write much in prose, what I would call the good old-fashioned novel? I do a lot of short fiction. Yeah. I used to do much more. I haven't done so much of that lately. It's, it's almost like as I get older, I find myself kind of concentrating on certain genres more. Maybe it's funny because... Um, I feel like going in different genres makes me realize why I have certain strengths and weaknesses and others. But stage and screen is really where my heart lies. Dialogue, it's always been my greatest strength. And I make films. Um, I've done some like TV um, prod. I have like a TV pilot on Amazon. Um, Which is called? It's called One Plus One is Two. And we were trying to film the rest of the series, filmed the second, but we can't film the rest because we just don't have the money for it. And it's a whole thing, but I've made a couple films um, that I'm going to make publicly available soon. Now they're just screeners that I give to film reviewers and stuff. You know, that's what I do. I work at a television station part-time as well as a school. But so, you know, I, I'm kind of in that world a lot. You, you in When we were talking about uh, sacred geometry before you read it you actually answered a load of my questions that i had written down so oh. <laughs> so so thank you for that but i have one last question on this first episode of uh, a very prompt chat and that is what was, has been the best writing tip that you've ever received or you've ever given i think one thing is to really get comfortable with the concept of writing a rough draft and what i mean by that is is what i what my process is typically is i won't put something down until i know exactly how i want it to sound in my head and it's perfect and i think that's why i'm not as prolific as i would like to be sometimes but when i went to grad school you know what i have to do now for example for my submissions screenplay is i have to submit a certain number of pages you know by certain dates he the professor who's um overseeing my my submission saying you know i I'm more looking for it to be complete than it be your absolute best work. This is a rough draft. Remember, and it, I was almost resentful the fact that like, oh, I had to write something bad to put my name on something bad and submit it. I don't put my name on bad things. No, no, no. But like, I realized the point was that he wanted me to get comfortable enough with 
something in a pretty raw and terrible state so that, you know, the ice could melt and I could be more prolific and I could write. So if, if you just sit there and wait and wait and wait for something to germinate perfectly, that is going to cost you a lot of time. And, you know, you won't really get the full process if you don't just spit something out. Yeah. When it's not ready, it has to not be ready to be ready. I think that is yeah. probably the biggest thing. I think a lot of people avoid writing because uh, write, writing a rough draft because they don't want to see it rough. So that's one thing. I guess another thing I would say is, and this is something I should really take my own advice is probably not to expect too much from a project. What I mean is I, when I've gone into projects, be it like a film or like a, I guess a fiction or poetry project. And um, I guess I, I've had this expectation. Oh my God, this is going to be like my magnum opus. And it's going to skyrocket me to this or to that. Don't, don't set here. I know, you know, you, you know, people when we're, when we're very little, we're grown up being told like, you got to shoot for the stars every time, every time, every time. But like, Maybe it's worked for some people. I know every time I've shot high, I've fallen like way harder. So I guess maybe maybe the point is not to expect too much from it and say, I'm going to put this out and see what sticks rather than I'm going to put this out with the goal of this being like the best thing I've ever done. So if I if I could wrap those two up as being, you've got to write a first draft because from that comes the second and the third and the fourth and mm-hmm. the final thing. But you have got to write that first draft it doesn't write itself, but don't no. worry about it. <laughs> and the second thing being, write for yourself. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's a good way of condensing what I said. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Cherise, I've got to wrap it up there. I've got to say thank you. And thank you. Thanks for being on Prompty Prompt. And I hope that we'll see more of your responses to our prompts, certainly when Series 2 gets going. Okay. Thank you so much. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more very prompt chats over the coming weeks. So stay subscribed. And if you're not subscribed, then subscribe. That's the way to do it. That's the way to stay up to date with everything we're doing here on Prompty Prompt. And if you want to say hello or anything else, then find us on Twitter, Instagram, or via our website, promptyprompt.co.uk, and Twitter and Instagram's at Prompty Prompt. Surprise, surprise. We'd love to hear from you. And as Letty always says, please, please, please share the shit out of us. See you soon.